When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Well, it was another crazy weekend in college football, chock full of upsets. I mean, Colorado State goes on the road and loses to Florida? Who could have possibly seen that coming? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a lock of the week, really. <laughs> um, also with Mac. Hello, Redcaster. Speaking of lock of the week, I'm so sorry. I didn't think in a million years we'd lose to Troy. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Feels like we it's my fault. We should have known better, Mac. We should have known better. All right, I'm also with Boomer. Well, Redcasters, I know when the uh, season started, I had said the uh, Nebraska-Purdue game was going to be a game of critical importance to us, but little did I know how critical that might be. That is true, Boomer. I mean, there's, um, well, the odds makers in Vegas tells tells us it's probably going to be an, a a game between teams with, with a winless record um, because the Huskers uh, failed to beat Troy last Saturday. And um, ruined all of our picks of the week, really. Uh, not just Max Locke. And uh, the Huskers are still 0 for so far in this season, which is a head-scratcher. Um, and that makes six in a row. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Uh, Nebraska has lost six straight football games. I looked up that stat. I think the last time we've lost more was the... Uh, 1957 season where we went one and nine. So it's been a long time. Uh, that's the last time we also went zero and two. So maybe, maybe things can get turned around. Hockey. Um, you were there this weekend. Uh, you, you took your lovely wife there for an easy, easy victory against a Sun Belt team. And um, again, we were uh, spoiled. Your thoughts? Yeah, I need to stop taking her to games. Uh, took her to Northern Illinois, uh, McNeese State a few years back. Uh, probably partially my fault. I apologize. Um, <laughs> the good news is, is with Colorado and and Troy out of the way, the tough part of the schedule is done, and now we can play Big Ten football. And I think there's some wins to be to be gotten now. So this uh, it was a tough weekend for the uh, the West. I think we went two and five with four of those five losses to group of five schools. So. We're not alone, um, but that doesn't make it any easier to to lose the way that we lost and to continue to have the four biggies, penalties, turnovers, special teams, and third down defense. Uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but but those four things, those are the issue the first week. We liked the effort the first week, but when you see the same four issues again, that's that kind of is what leads us to, to the point we're at now. Mac, you want to add to that? Yeah, I would pretty much echo everything you just said. The the disappointment being the lack of seeming improvement from week one to week two, you know, the myth, the mythological unicorn that is that statement that we're all supposed to buy. But I haven't seen us do that for a long time. And the same mistakes rear their head, and you can make a lot of excuses for why those things happen, backup quarterback, uh, you know, trying to play it safe because of the depth there. I, I don't know. There's, there's some issues that the team has, and they've shown up week one and week two, and uh, they are the, the biggest obstacles for winning, as you can imagine. You can't do turnovers and penalties being your biggest bugaboo and expect to win. We're not that good. You know, we're yeah. too new. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we're fans, so we're going to try to stay as positive as we can. And I think overall we are very positive of the direction, but obviously it was frustrating to watch the game and see something that felt all too familiar, uh, you know, over the last several years. And that's coming out on a, on 11 or yeah, 11 AM start time, uh, starting slow again and really struggling to uh, really get the offense moving 
part of that might have been uh, due to uh, Andrew Bunch, uh, but there was a lot of other issues on that that offensive uh, side of the ball. And maybe let's let's start here, big picture, Honky and, and Mac, and, and talk a little bit about maybe what you thought of the uh, the strategy or the approach that the coaching staff took with uh, Andrew Bunch as your starting quarterback. It seemed like they felt like they could impose their will against Troy's smaller defensive line, establish that run, and maybe take the pressure off of them. Ultimately, that didn't actually work out very well. Yeah. We mentioned uh, last week that this is a, a box count offense, and Troy is going to load the box, and that's exactly what they wanted to do. They were going to make it extremely hard to just run right up the gut on them and get those easy yards up the middle, and it's going to require us to do something to counter that and go outside. Uh, this is an offense that wants to have a mobile QB. We want to run the ball more with our QB at Nebraska under Frost than he wanted to do at UCF with Milton. I think that's fairly obvious. And when you have Martinez in there, that gives you that second option. That gives you the guy that you can hand the ball off to a guy running out about, you know, outside and then Martinez cuts up or he can hand it off to a guy up the middle or go outside. I mean, you, you just have more options and with bunch, and this is not a, I'm not trying to knock bunch here. But with Bunch, I think they limited his running for a couple of reasons. He's not Martinez, but also, if he got hurt, we're really, you know, down a down a bad path. So, sure, we we wanted to try to pound the pound the middle. You saw it with Maurice Washington, where if he would pound the middle, and if there was if it wasn't there, he'd cut it outside, and that's when he got some of the big runs. That was the I mean that was kind of what was open. Mm-hmm. Really, it was we had to find ways to get outside. They'd throw those side flare passes to to Spielman and and Morgan and those things were working to some extent but we just couldn't we couldn't go the length of the field play after play after play without making enough mistakes whether it was a a turnover or a penalty (laughs) or I can start to go down the list of the things again to stop it so Mac you know I'll I'll bring I'll go ahead Mac well it just becomes execution right I mean that's what it boils down to because it wasn't a physicality thing that really got us beat if you look their line did a, a ton of shifting and stunting, and a lot of what happened is complete whiffs by our offensive linemen. It's not like they were getting beat physically. It's not like if they got hands on in the right position, they couldn't do their job. When they did that, they did their job. But it was it was the inability to do that consistently, play after play, that was a problem. Um, it was the inability of uh, you know maybe to convert some third downs that were there. Uh, we had some we had some bright spots. You know, there's 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 the Air that if we fix ourselves, we're a lot better team than we than we have shown. But man, I feel like as a fan, I am tired of hitting that button. I've said that so many times, and it's a little disappointing to be sure that that we haven't made those improvements. But to, you know, a couple things can be true at one time. I can be frustrated with what I'm seeing on the field, but also I realize that we are getting better and that we have some things kind of going against us. So. It, there's there's positives to be found. I can I can paint a pretty silver lining by the end of this podcast. I bet. I'll t- I'll, I'll, you know who knows. I, <laughs> I, I bet you can get there, Mac. Yeah. Uh, let me bring Boomer in really quick, uh, and maybe try, again trying to keep it a little bit big picture here. Is it possible that you know that Scott Frost and company maybe felt a little too optimistic about their ability to? Kind of in you know force their will on the on the Troy defense and that we were going to be able to just run the ball down on them like the old days essentially that you know I mean if if this was a situation in in the 1990s we would have just you know physically imposed our will on Troy and they're going to go away and it felt like at some at some point that was a very simple um, you know game strategy by by Scott Frost to keep it really simple protect bunch and we're going to physically impose our will and when it didn't work. Uh, we didn't have a lot of other options to kind of, uh, you know, attack that defense in another way. Yeah, that's certainly definitely one way to put it. I mean, like you said, traditionally that would have been a team we would just eventually have, you know, rolled over, bowled over, you know, by the third or fourth quarter that they would have had nothing left and we could have run all day on them. You know, they did seem to try to do that a lot. You know, you'd see a Zigbo trying to run up the middle, you know, just couldn't do it. Very effectively, uh, Washington would have to bust things outside to get anything done. And, you know, some of that I think was probably, you know, they weren't running with Bunch, so he wasn't really a threat to run the ball very often. So I think that made it a little easier for Troy in that respect, that they didn't have to really worry about defending uh, yep. a quarterback too often on that. 
and you know, I guess you know that would be one of the things I guess I would be slightly disappointed with, you know, as far as this game goes. You know, the line play wasn't great, and I guess I would be slightly disappointed when it comes to the physicality aspect of it all. You know, for all the talk we did here in the off season about you know players getting bigger, faster, stronger, and all that, it didn't you know show huge results here against a team from the Sun Belt that realistically you should be able to push around even if you know. Yeah, it didn't translate today. Yeah. That's for, or on Saturday. That's for certain. Let me bring Honky and Mac back on this. It, just thinking about you know great Husker offenses in the past. If we were trying to run the ball down a team's throat, we would also do play action and then you know throw it over the top and rip the top off that defense, right? And we're just not getting a lot of verticality in our, our pass game right now. And and it's a really limited set of wide receivers. They seem to be active in, in the um, play calling as well. What's the story behind that, you guys? Well, I think that's a really good point, Dave, and it goes to something that, that Osborne was talking about last Thursday at the Big Red Breakfast in Omaha. He, he mentioned that when he was on the college football playoff, he and Alvarez, one of the stats that they would look at was field position, starting field position, for and against. They would look at that in teams and gauge how good teams were nationally based off of that because that stat alone factors in so many other smaller stats that go into it. Penalties, turnovers, third down defense, special teams, all those things affect your starting field position. Well, Boomer, you ran some numbers for me earlier, and thank you. Um, When we played Colorado, Colorado started at their 33-yard line. Nebraska started at our 26. So Colorado had a seven-yard advantage every single possession on average. Troy started at their 32. Nebraska started at our 29. And we acknowledge that that includes the eight the, the the muffed punt where we got up you know got on the ball at the Troy eight so we we still are starting behind the, the 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 you know just at the beginning we're already behind them right well this goes back to what you just said Dave we're not getting a big play we're not doing a play action so what are we doing we're having to go further down the field and without any big play along the way we're having to do more snaps yeah. we're having to do a ten and a twelve and a fourteen play drive versus that one big play action pass that you know in a, a six play or five play drive and we score a touchdown well guess what we're right now we're just not executing good enough to go 14 plays because what we eventually do is get a holding penalty or we eventually have a turnover or we just eventually do something to shoot ourselves in the foot even though it looks like we just ran four or five plays in a row that looked really good and, yeah. you wa- and you walk away from it and you go, my God, we were physical here. We pushed this guy over. We, we ran really hard. We got this one play. But, but we walk away from so many of those drives feeling almost kind of good, but there's no points. Yeah. No, I, and Mac, you brought this up uh, before we started the show. The inefficiency carries over into that red zone, right? I mean, we just talked about that punt. We got it at the eight-yard line. You got to punch the ball in at that point, and we go and settle for a field goal. Um, I think it's somewhere around 50% um, TD efficiency right now in the red zone, which is just not acceptable, right? That's so far below what you thought it would be going in here. And, and, you know, make no mistake, I think Adrian Martinez makes a difference in that situation. The way they did that uh, against Colorado, and he kept the ball and ran it in. He, you know, yeah. a, a couple scores on the ground for the quarterback. But we just seem a little indecisive inside the red zone we're not sure who we want to be are we going to be the big strong physical guys with Ozigbo and we haven't shown a ton of success that way or are we going to be a you know pull the ball and let the quarterback beat him kind of team or are we going to be and we still haven't really incorporated the tight ends in much of the game plan as far as I can see so there's there's more elements to to be implemented into this offense I'm not going to give it an incomplete score but Having having some consistency at the trigger man would be a huge, huge benefit right now. So Yeah, well, and let's think of it this way. We're two games in. I mean, let's not – we don't want to be part of the big red overreaction. But yeah. we're just two games in, and we're two games in with inconsistency at quarterback because, A, we had our starting quarterback go go down. That's That will hurt anybody short of Alabama. I mean, if, if we were playing Michigan this week and Patterson wasn't playing, they'd be affected by it. Well, we're affected by our starting quarterback – not playing we're affected by our backup quarterback inexplicably leaving five leaving the team five days before the season starts so we're affected by a lot of those things and we we right now we're just not able to see probably as much offense as I'm sure Frost would like to run and and the the QB run game the lack of that against Troy really affected us I mean that to me that was the one thing I really walked away from it because I felt if he if we would have had Martinez and he's able to run out outside the box 
where they're where they're yeah, loading right. it, and then they have yep. to start. You know, that starts to change how their defense plays. And then we've seen what his arm could do when he threw the deep ball to Spielman. Maybe we get one or two of those downfield. I mean, now you start to get a couple of those big plays that we just mentioned we weren't getting. He'll be our X factor this year. If we if we do any damage or beat anybody that we're not supposed to, it'll be because of a Martinez making plays that normally wouldn't be able to account for on our, you know what I mean, like with inexperience. Sure. A guy like that, an athlete making a play. We haven't had that for a while. Taylor Martinez probably really the last time. We had somebody yeah. electric back there, you know, that can change a game. So uh, he'll be the difference maker this year, but we've got so much other stuff to clean up. I mean, if I could just say it was quarterback play that cost us these games, that'd be one thing, but that's not where we are. Sure, yeah. Bunch, if you told me Bunch would go 19 of 26 with two touchdowns, even with two INTs, I'd be like, well, that he didn't, that's not too bad, right? You know, mm-hmm. but that, that, that obviously wasn't enough. Bunch wasn't the problem, but he wasn't also the solution. But there were so many other issues that we struggled with. Boomer, um, I'll just say, say two words, special teams. Yeah, there it was again, that forgotten part of the game, and geez, it's bitten us again. You know, that punt return for a touchdown was just crippling. And, you know, the guy wasn't even particularly speedy or fast, but, you know, he got past that first tackle, and then yep. just everyone just kind of seemed to be out of place, out of, out of line, and just never could bring him down. And just, again, our lack of a punt return game is just continually mystifying me. We're averaging, I think, negative .67 yards punting this year. I was running some numbers earlier today just comparing, you know, our punts versus the opponent's returns for a net punting total and comparing it to our opponents. So if you look at, you know, Troy, their punter was, I don't know where the heck he came from. Someone should test his legs for steroids. That guy could, you know, punt with the best of them. You know, when you take their punts into consideration minus the return yards, they average about 45 yards a point. Colorado, or a punt, uh, Colorado's 40. Nebraska, when you take our punts and the returns we allow, it's 27 yards net oh, man. is what we're getting. So, that again, with hockey's field position, you throw that stat out there, I mean, you know, it's almost impossible to really flip the field, you know, on anybody and just starting yourself in an even bigger hole. Yeah. So that's something that's got to get cleaned up, and I don't know why it isn't or why it wasn't in the off season. It never really seemed to be factored into too much discussion and – you know, last week everyone said you were gonna we were gonna fix these things on special teams, and it didn't happen. But that's something they just can't can't neglect this year. So. Yeah. Well, Boomer, you actually looked into Scott Frost, UCF, and I think maybe even some Oregon numbers on on penalties per game, and it's not pretty, right? I mean, yeah. UCF actually had a lot of penalties the last couple. Yeah, of they years. were a very penalized team. You know, I think uh, it was uh, John Bishop on uh, 1620 put out a yeah. tweet on that today, and I looked at that too, and some other things, and. This might just be what Frost teams are. They do get penalized a lot. Now, they run a lot of plays, so, you know, there's a chance for a lot more penalties on offense because of that. But, again, like Hockey said, if you're running 14-play drives, you're not scoring. You know, those penalties are killer because they'll, you know, you'll go 14 plays, 12 plays, 13 plays, and you have that holding penalty, and you get nothing, and then you can't punt or kick a field goal. This is going to be costly. So, this might just be what Frost's offense is. Yeah, and then you flip on the defensive side of the ball. just offense, yeah. Yeah, he flipped to the defensive side of the ball, and it, it seems like the the refs are now almost looking for things to call against us. I think the the Aaron, I think it was Aaron Williams' uh, pass interference. It was a third and nine, and then they went and and converted and and scored their last touchdown. I mean, he he barely had his hand on the guy, but they call it because they're just at this point just looking for that. I think against us, it's it's maddening, um, and and obviously very costly. Yeah. Honk, you want to add? Well, I, I guess if we can maybe put a little bit of a bow on the game, and, and, and you know, not all is terrible right now, but the reality is is let, let's go back to the, the beginning of the season. We're making our picks, and I've long said I don't care about picks, and I, and I pick us to go 10-2 and because I'm going to do that every year, just no matter what. The people out well, I think there, you're probably going to pick us to go 12-0 and 0 at some point, but sure. No, yeah. even when we were supposed to go 12-0, and 0, I'm still going to say 10-2 and because I'll be reasonable. <laughs> but – but it's the people out there right now that, that predicted us to go, you know, four and eight or five and seven or six and six, whatever, seven and five, barely make a bowl game. All right, fine. What are you upset about right now? I mean, we're kind of doing what you expected, so to speak. I mean, this is the type of – I mean, so the reality is that you have the hype versus the reality right now. The hype is that, you know, it's the frost effect. We're going to go 12-0 and in, in year one. That's, that's the hype. Now we have the overreaction that everything's terrible, we're awful, 
and and you know we're, we're barely going to win a game. And the reality is usually somewhere in between. And, and what the reality is right now is we have two games where we've lost by five points each. We've had the the ball at the end of the game to to win the games, and we very easily could have won both of these games by by one or two points and not be any better than we are, but That's be two and zero, right? And so. The reality is we're 0-2. We've done enough to lose those games. We've done enough to win those games. We've, we've put up some, some good yards on teams. and, and we've, we've shown enough to win. We, we've games. shown we enough to win games, but you can't go down 31 to nothing. You know, it, it combined in those two games before you put up points. We were down 17 nothing to Troy, 14 nothing to Colorado. You can't do all those things and expect to win games. That's, but you know what? We got Michigan. We have the next game up. And for all those people that are, you know, the, 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 season, the season's over, start, start preparing for next year, guess what? Unless you thought we were going to be playing for a, a championship or, or the playoff berth this year, unless you thought that, every other conceivable goal is still in sight right now. Fix the issues. Let's sure. not even worry about what our final record's going to be. Let's fix the, the issues that we just talked about, the special teams, the turnovers, and the third down conversions, and the, and the penalties. And if we fix those things, we'll start to fix the, the uh, field position and I like where we'll be from there. And let's get healthy at our quarterback, which every single team needs to say. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, especially if you think about how poor the Big Ten and Big Ten West has performed in the first three weeks of the season, right? Yep. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it's like, oh, the Big Ten is going to be a gauntlet, and we still have the, the East uh, to deal with. But, um, it, I mean, Northwestern isn't scaring anybody at this point. Wisconsin looks uh, vulnerable. You know, Minnesota, who knows? Iowa, actually, defense looks very good, so we'll see how that plays out with Whiskey this week. But it's, you know, the Big Ten West is not looking that strong, so there's still opportunities there, more than what we probably expected at the beginning of the season. Correct. Honky? Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, Iowa started showing some uh, tempo last week. I watched, I actually watched them play a little bit of Northern Iowa. That was depressing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they did some tempo, and they're – Kind of the traditional defensive uh, uh, Iowa school, so I mean that's that's going to be that's going to be a fun weekend. To watch the Iowa Wisconsin game. I'm going to be down there in Denver with you, Dave. Uh, Iowa right. Sean, who was on our show, one of our shows back in back in the off season, he'll be watching games with us all day. So uh, it's going to be a fun day, fun week of football. There's so much football ahead of us. You know, I mean this the season. There's a lot to play for, and and everything is still out in front of us, guys. Just fix the ears. That's right. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's uh, head on to maybe a mailbag. All right. Uh, well, first off, again, uh, for all the people that have been uh, mailbagging us, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, also uh, GoBigRedCast at Gmail. Um, first, before we get into the questions, I, I want to. we had one guy email us, Chuck, and I'm not sure exactly where Chuck's from. It must be somewhere north of Fremont. But uh, he told us how he likes to listen to the show while driving down Highway 77 to Lincoln uh, on Football Saturday. So just a general question. Tweet at us. Email us. You know, tell us, guys, where do you listen to the Redcast? When and where? It sounds like Chuck might be a serial killer. It could be. <laughs> I like to listen to the Redcast as I mow my lawn. You know, that's Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, well, a uh, couple of things, I guess, to go over here. First one, and... And this is kind of a little different because it wasn't exactly a question asked to us, but it was a Twitter conversation that we ended up kind of becoming part of. We interact with our fans eight ways from Sunday, right, Hong? And <laughs> Twitter conversations are one of those ways. And you'll always know if, if you're interacting with me versus Boomer because we have very different voices on Twitter. So <laughs> the snarkier it is, it's Boomer. And if it's something that ends with GBR, it's me. And you'll always know that it'll never be Dave or I. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fairly true. Um, so there was a, a conversation that Jack Mitchell, actually on KLIN, uh, he started last night. We kind of got into, and there was back and forth between several people. But it, it kind of bled into a, a conversation I guess I wasn't really ready for because I, I don't see this happening. I don't think of this. But it, talk, it talked about how one person wrote it, old school, uh, wrote, what I'm seeing is Bo fans getting back at fire him guys, while Mike Riley guys – our fans are taking subtle shots at Scott Frost fans. None of this has or ever will help a team win. Unfortunately, it only seems that only winning will seem to stop this fracture. I guess my question here, as much as anything, is I didn't. I don't really see a fracture, but apparently, I've heard this now from a couple co former coworkers and just 
people, fans, people I've been talking with, there does seem to be kind of like there's still a little bit of a fracture out there. I'm just not understanding it, I guess. Yeah, well, if, I, if, I think, Mac, I'll throw it right over to you. But, yeah. I mean, it's just indicative of what we've gone through over the last, I don't know, 15 years, I think, at this point. Because I think we just lost our way sometimes, right? You know, it's just uh, people have forgotten to how to be um, a unified fan base. Mac? Yeah, and if there are any Riley guys walking around out there <laughs> i mean come we on. don't need you stay fractured who's rooting for that guy well, if i see one mike riley t-shirt i'll be like what the yeah we, we have we have a uh he's actually a friend of the red cast his name's travis may and oh, he's... i thought you were gonna say mike riley no 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 <laughs> travis but it's pretty special thing you got going here. yeah yeah well but travis may is a oregon fan a ducks fan and he and he loves to give us crap when, when the Huskers lose. And he sent uh, kind of a meme or gif or whatever the hell it is. He sent it to us and it was and it was of Mike Riley holding some balloons and he goes, Don't you miss us now or don't you miss me now? And it was a perfect weekend for him to send that to us because no, Oregon State lost to Nevada last week. I have absolutely there's no way in hell I miss, you know, Mike yeah. Riley or anything. None of the none of the discussion we did in part one talking about the about the the Troy game is indicative on on any regret towards all the changes that have happened over the last 10 months. They needed to change, and we need another 10 months of this change. We need another two years of this change to, I think, fully get to where we want to be. But any fracture stuff, just, just to be honest with you, it pisses me off to hear because I thought we had long got got over that. Well, and it's a symptom of continuous losing. Too. Yeah, I mean, we really just need to win a game. Well, to Dave's point, we've lost six in a row, right. eight of the last nine. I mean, that's. I think that's more of the the frustration than a fracture of a fan base that's just totally willing to accept Scott Frost. Yeah. I mean, we just need to see it. I mean, I think every reasonable fan. It's just like those poll questions, you know. You know, what, what's our what's our record going to be? Well, eight to seven wins, you know. But if you go game to game, we're almost undefeated by sure. anybody, you know. So it's just it's. If you're reasonable about it, you know these are the growing pains that you might have seen this year. You were just really hoping we could skip this step, you know, and just yeah. and just miss that growing pain and move right into we know how to win football games. We've got natural leaders, which that's yeah. just not the case. Now, that's not to say that it couldn't happen, but we are we are watching the pains grow out of these guys. Hopefully, yeah. that'll be. Hopefully, the difference is we get someplace. You know, the, in the years past, we just haven't gone past this spot. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Mac. It just like sometimes the season's just going to play out differently than what we all expected. Everybody expected us to go three and zero, and then really have some tough times in the Big Big Ten. Who knows? I mean, this. I mean, listening to the press conference today, and the players still have a lot of buy-in there. It feels like they feel like they're really close. You listen to them talk, and they know they're better than what that record indicates and they feel like they they are close to the you know getting where they need to go so the season may just play out differently you know yeah well you know we're called a lot uh as a fan base we're called the smartest fan base in all of college football and all that you know the most modest best looking spoils yeah the most Fabian washington were spoiled. hottest podcasters <laughs> Fabian washington <laughs> called us spoiled and a couple other things and that's okay we have not been spoiled in a while but Anyways, I think as the smartest fan base, and I'd like to think we are one of the arguably top 50 smartest uh, podcasts of this fan base. And probably like... (laughs) Top 75. Bench press too, though, you know. But if we are that smart, then I think we're capable of having a couple of the same thoughts going at the same time, right? I mean, it is possible to say that Frost deserves time on one side... And on the other side, you can also, it's possible to say that Frost deserves the same critique that we would give to any other coach at Nebraska. So if Mike Riley or Pelini or Callahan, you can go down the list, if any of those guys had teams that had penalties and turnovers and special team errors and, and uh, third down defense issues, all the ones that we've talked about, we're going to critique them. Well, we're going to critique Frost the same way. That's totally fair. And at the same time, if we could do it in a civil way where we're not attacking – Maybe we, we can keep some of the fracture stuff from, from happening. And at the same time, we just need to start winning. We just need to start winning. We really need to win football games. A win against Michigan will we'll stop a lot of that. So, anyways, I want to move on to the next question. A win against Michigan <laughs> changes everything. It changes everything. Absolutely. Next question right, is from Wes Safford. Uh, he's, a, he's a new person to ask us. And this came from our uh, Go Big Redcast at Gmail inbox. Uh, he goes, does Bubba Starling have any eligibility left? 
and he mentions how Chris Wanky and Brandon Whedon had very successful college football careers. So he's saying, just saying that, you know, maybe uh, Bubba could be somebody that can come in. Then he said, thanks, guys, you do a great job, which is always very important. We, we really need your, your support. And we need to stroke our egos because we really yes, don't know if we're doing a good it. job or not. So. I feel fine. Yeah, you can keep your compliments and pandering to yourself. I never, I, I never feel like I'm doing a good job, so thank you, Wes. Um, as for does Bubba Starley have any eligibility left, Yes, wouldn't he? Yeah, far as we would understand. Boomer, I'm sure maybe you could add to this, but, I mean, since he hasn't played, I know Brandon Whedon and Chris Winkie were starting quarterbacks, Oklahoma State, Florida State, respectively, in their late 20s, essentially. So, sure, Bubba could play, right? I think so, but I'd have to double-check, see if, uh, you know, any of his pro career affects football at all, but I don't think it does. So, Yeah, now, neither one of those previous references there, Winkie or... Um, uh, Whedon made it to the majors. Bubba, I think, started on the Royals. I have not followed the Royals at all this year. Bubba at least started on the. I don't think the Royals roster. followed the Royals this year, Dave. So <laughs> it's just as well. That's yeah. true. It's true. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Monte Harrison could come back too, right, guys? And we could take both of them back if we want. Let's see what Carl Crawford's doing. I mean, oh, yeah. why not? Carl Crawford definitely still has eligibility. Absolutely. He I mean, was he's retired from the majors, off. but he hasn't played yeah. any college football, as far as I could tell. Bob, that seems like a Disney movie that needs yeah. to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last question out of the mailbox comes from Eric Songson, another uh, first-time mailbagger. God, you got to think of a different word for that. But anyways, um, following up with the discussion on the local classic treat, the crisp meat burrito, who wins in a fight with prison rules? One, the original Renza sandwich with your choice of cheese. Two, the crisp meat burrito dipped in Amigos Ranch dressing. Or three, a slice of hamburgers Valentino pizza on game day after it's been sitting in the cardboard triangle box for a solid eight hours. And he said, no, that is not sarcasm. It is the best way to eat Valentino's pizza. That's not up for debate. Um, Could I, Hunk? What's that? Could I just add a fourth option, which is a delicious taco pizza from Godfather's? Oh, very nice. Yes, I would think that Producer Skip is doing some side hustle and doing some Godfather's ads for us, so you know. Also, if you put an old school Tasty's loose meat sandwich in that fight, I, I already know who's winning that game. Well, Boomer, let's let's throw it over to Boomer. You're kind of the food aficionado of the uh, the Redcast. So, what do you think? Ooh, those are all quality choices. He is correct that the only way to make Valentino's pizza edible is to let it sit into contact with some uh, recycled fiber for you know at least a good eight hours in there. Uh, but of those choices, if we're going actual prison rules where they can bring shivs and everything in. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Runza. I've always, you know, enjoyed Runzas. You know, when I moved up here as a kid, I had no clue what one was and kind of discovered them here. And that's a quality, quality, uh, you know, oven stuffed sandwich or whatever they like to call themselves. Now, if we were throwing Tasties into the mix, I'd probably toss them in there, too. But, oh, uh, so good. Yeah, hard so to go good. wrong with a good Runza on a cold day. And, boy, it can soak up a lot of... A lot of stuff in your stomach to help you drive home. So. And quick shout-out to the Skoda Central Catholic cafeteria gals. They made a mean Runza. Remember they Runza did. in the cafeteria? So, oh, so fantastic. Well, I don't know if we answered your question, Eric, but at least it led to a nice conversation. Um, I guess maybe a side note from this, and it, the ranch got me thinking about this, but Dave, we, we have – we're closing on 40 or 50 or so people that are in the, the uh, Redcast Pick'em. And this is week four of it, so you can still uh, – we, we drop your worst four weeks. So if you're not playing yet, you still sign up this week, and you can still drop a week even. And you can still sign up next week. But the point is, um, I'm just making this up right now on the fly. Last year I gave someone – I gave David McGee, the winner, a, uh, an old uh, media guy. media guy. This that- year – this year and an eight and, by ten, and we had lunch together. Yeah. Although I didn't pay for that, but this year I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> this year I'm going to take the winner. Or are you going to take him to Godfather's Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the I'm going to take the winner. Well, if, if Godfather's Pizza would would uh, would take sponsor care of it, us. would sponsor yeah. us, then we will do it there. But if not, I will take them to Amigos, and whoever the winner is, I, I will get them Amigos with delicious ranch. Mm. That, so, that'd be awesome. What if uh, the winner is not local? Uh, I will FaceTime them while eating. So they'll, you'll you'll buy you'll give them a gift card. They can go out to to lunch by themselves, and you'll FaceTime them. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, I I'm just going to buy myself amigos, and I will FaceTime them. Amigos and just, the Godfather. Oh, <laughs> well if it if, be, it's, if it's Godfather, I'll go with you. If we can both FaceTime, it would be Godfather's if 
the wonderful Godfathers, the 27 locations in Omaha and Lincoln would... Uh, I'm going to Columbus. Somewhere. That one was superior. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho... Um, I like it. I guess I, I think that's probably the, the mailbag for this week. Side note. Hey, sorry, guys. Sax's Pizza in Columbus closed. Mm. I was heartbroken. Sorry. Columbus well, only has all like, things must pass, I guess. Oh. Columbus, Columbus only has like 12 pizza places now. They? But they don't have a Saxes. I know. And nobody does now. Is, Not even Norfolk. All right, guys. So let's uh, wrap, wrap up the mailbag, and uh, we'll move on. Scarlet colored glasses. All right. Next on the Go Big Redcast, we'll put on our scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football. And, uh, Honk, let's start with just a little bit of recruiting news. We did get uh, the final piece of the Frost 5 over the weekend, right? That is correct. Uh, we have Chris Hickman from Omaha Burke. And it's a huge get for a number of reasons. To your point, the, the top five players in the state, the Piper, Nelson, Snodgrass, and then Heinrich, and now uh, Hickman, we have the top five players from the state. How long has it been since we can say that? Um, Hickman and, and Heinrich specifically, the two Omaha Burke guys, they are kind of the guys that are a little unique in Nebraska in the sense that they were national recruits. They were guys that we were getting over LS, you know, LSU and SEC schools and, and certainly Iowa and Wisconsin. So that's a big thing right there too. Anyone that's watched Noah Fant last week and realizes that if we can get these guys to come here instead of losing them to – you know, our division rivals, that, that's a good start. Um, but in general, I'm just – that's part of the, the frost effect right now. That's, that's part of the – you know, any of the division stuff that we talked about earlier, the fractures, stop thinking in, the, in the, the moment. Stop looking at everything as a freeze frame of what's going on in week two of year one. Look long term. We are getting the kids here that we were losing before, and, and you know, this is the start. This is yep. – we're gonna yeah. we're gonna look a lot different in a year or two. And, and make promise. no mistake that that top five is a big deal because at the beginning of the year, well, I'll just put it this way: Hickman and Hendrick were not coming to Nebraska right. if if we didn't get Frost as a head coach. Those guys had no intentions of staying here. They have no local ties in that respect, and they were looking for bigger, better things. So the fact that that Frost got them, and not just Frost, but Barrett Root. Barrett, he's, yep, he's the in-state recruiter. So, and that's a new young coach out there who's holding down the, the borders for us. And that's going to prove to be pretty important going forward. So, mm-hmm. excellent job all the way around us. Uh, you know, some good news out of the weekend. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, thought, those... Oh, I was just going to say, I thought it was interesting that he committed not too far after the, the game, really, you know. And it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting that he was able to – you know, didn't didn't matter that we lost. He's he was going to commit. Yeah, I just I like the fact that that we've gone after these five kids. We 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 offered them. In some cases, they were offered from the previous staff. I don't really care. Like a guy like Piper wasn't. We weren't waiting on him. If we want a player, we're going to go after him. We're going to get him. And that player maybe will be a national recruit like Heinrich and Hickman, or it could be a guy like Snodgrass or a guy like Piper that doesn't have a lot of rec- you know a lot of offers. Garrett Nelson doesn't have a lot of offers. Who cares? It, the only offer that matters is Nebraska. And do we want to offer Ever. that guy? Ever. And do we, <laughs> do we want the guy or not? And there's a, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, this is just an incredibly talented year. You know, we're, we're just fortunate that we have so much in-state talent. Every year, I'm promising you, we have kids like this. And, and, and you could go back. There are kids every year that are like a Snodgrass, that are like a Garrett Nelson, that are like an Ethan Piper. And it's just whether we choose to offer them or not. Moving forward, we're going to. That's the frost effect. That's the difference. And uh, what a success to get these five. So, anyways, that's kind of the recruiting wrap-up. Not much to add other than that, but what a, what a big get. So, welcome welcome to uh, Nebraska, yes. Chris. Welcome. All home. right. Excellent. All right, well, let's, um, let's talk some Michigan-Nebraska football. You know, we haven't really broken down our – opponents too much in the first couple of weeks they are non-conference and it's not like we're going to be Troy experts and we're probably not Michigan experts either but we do know these guys a little bit more uh just the familiarity as a conference foe and uh you know honky Michigan you know I was relatively high on Michigan to start the year they did not uh you know produce that that non-conference win versus Notre Dame that I, I hope they could start the season off with, but they bounced back the last couple of weeks. Offense has looked a little bit better. 
Shea Patterson um, seems to be coming around. Offense still a little bit scattered, and they're a little bit beat up. The running back uh, is is um, depleted. Their core is de- depleted. Any thoughts on Michigan from an, the offensive side of the ball? Initial impressions? Well, I think you, you kind of stated it there. They they had a, a tough first game, and at Notre Dame, is that's a tough place to go and play in week one, and they looked – they looked a little bit like a mess there offensively. They've come back the last two weeks. I think it was Western Michigan and then SMU. And you got two games where they scored 40-plus points. So they're capable of putting up, you know, six, seven touchdowns. And that's not a spot that Nebraska wants to be in right now. We're not – right now I don't think we want to get into shootouts, uh, especially if we don't have, you know, a, a healthy starting quarterback. Um, so it's important, even what we did with Troy – and Troy and, and Michigan might be on you know a little bit different as, as as teams, but at the end of the day, that Troy game that was a twenty four to what nineteen or so, what, yep, what was the final twenty four nineteen? Yep. I mean that kind of score isn't typical of what we thought we were going to see with Frost teams. Like we we kind of expected we're going to win forty two to thirty eight. That's how that's how we're going to beat teams. No, I mean if we score one touchdown in that game, we would have won it twenty five to twenty four. Well, I kind of think that that's the type of score that we're going to want to see and need to see against Michigan. I think we're going to need to try to keep it below 30. I don't I don't think we're in a spot where we want to get into a shootout there. Sure, sure. Mac, maybe you can jump in here. Uh, what do you think from a matchup perspective with Michigan's offense versus Nebraska's defense? Where is Michigan going to try to attack our defense? Well, I think they're going to – check to see if we're for real in our run game if we're if we're actually good at stopping the run i think they're going to test that first but then after that i'm a little nervous about our cornerback play i'm not gonna lie a couple (laughs) of times those guys got loose and we were we were the god looked down on us with an underthrown pass and we were able to make up some ground on that stuff our secondary's got some some work to do there's things to like and there's things that i see echoes from last year that i just don't love uh, the physicality of this team, though, I, I don't question that. I feel like if Barry's in for the whole game, which is an understated loss for this last week, by the way. You know, not Good to point. circle back, but, but he, he is a, he's a guy that actually is one of those dudes you need on the field, and he is an emotional leader. Um, so having him on the field, because he's not afraid of contact, he's not afraid to mix it up, he's not afraid to talk, and whereas some of that stuff can wear on you, I think a defense like what we're dealing with right now needs that. So... Matchup-wise, uh, our strength, which maybe is our defense, going against their weakness, and our weakness going against their strength. We'll just see. So then it comes down to special teams. Yeah. I don't know. Boomer, don't know. What, Boomer, what does Michigan's special teams look like? They're probably more special than ours, right? Well, again, that's a pretty darn low bar at this point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're okay on special teams. You know, it's kind of similar to what Honky was talking about. I decided to look at some numbers just where Michigan averages, you know, their starting position for the last uh, few games. Now, against Notre Dame, they, their starting position was at the 25 compared to Notre Dame's 31, and you see how that turned out for Michigan. But for the last two weeks, they've been very effective in outpacing their their opponents. Granted, it was Western Michigan and SMU, but against Western Michigan, they their average starting position was the 39 compared wow. to Western Michigan's 21. And then uh, they average about 30.8 uh, against SMU, while they, SMU was backed up to 21.6. So again, you know, that starting position is going to be a big part of this game. And, you know, like McGuire said, you worry about special teams. If it comes down to, you know, a field goal, how confident do you feel in that sort of circumstance or that scenario and yeah at this point yeah not at all yeah i hear you uh honky r- remind me the last time we were at the big house was that when uh tommy armstrong was like a Richard freshman and he, he... yes i was i was at that game 2013 and that was the last you know, fourth quarter drive. Tommy Armstrong pitches the ball to Abdullah. We we score on an option at the end, and that's right. Low low scoring game. I can't remember seventeen fourteen or something something along those lines. Yeah. So I mean, do you a you're kind of saying you kind of envision this being another low scoring game? Uh, we don't know for certain if Adrian Martinez will play. Uh, sounds like it could be another game time decision but he did practice already so that's a big difference than last week so I think at least we can be optimistic uh do you think I mean Martinez is probably the the x factor here whether we stay in this game at all sure and and that's not an indictment on us that would be the same thing if if Patterson was hurt at Michigan right 
I Absolutely. He's your starting quarterback. I don't know. They're any, always an X factor. I don't know any <laughs> team right now, minus Bama, I don't know too many teams that can lose a starting quarterback and, and, and just continue on as if nothing happened, right? So we are hurting without Martinez out there. I think for what it's worth, I think he will be playing this week. He practiced today. He suited up on Saturday. Obviously, he was in some kind of emergency-only role, probably, if that. But I think where we're at right now, we're 0-2, and I'm trying to go back in history and do a little bit of perspective. And in 1981, we were 1-2. And our fourth game, we're hosting Auburn. I think we were down 3 nothing at half. And we came out with Turner Gill for the first time. And he came out there, and it wasn't he didn't light it all up, but we won the game 17-3. to We, we came back and won it. Instead of going 1-3 on the season for Osborne, we went to two and two, and the point behind that is what what Gill offered there was a spark. I think this team needs a spark, and a spark can come in a lot of different forms. On offense, we looked at Maurice Washington last week. He was a spark at times. Maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe it comes on the offensive line where a Bo Wilson, you know, gets into the starting rotation. And you move Farmer to center. That can be a spark. Think of the quarterback run game right now. We still haven't seen a Wildcat. Is that available? Is that somewhere in this offense? The, the, whether Martinez is healthy or not, are there times where you want to give a quarterback run to somebody else, a Spielman or something? You know, we Colorado did it against us. Other teams sure. have clearly done it, so it's nothing crazy. And I'm going to throw one other spark out there, and this is on the defensive side. Breon Dixon is a guy that hasn't played. And we've got the redshirt rule. You can play up to four games and all that. And I know that we're concerned maybe that he's not quite as big. But you know what? We're at a point where we need a spark on defense. We need a big play. And are you willing to give up a couple of pounds to an outside backer if, in return, he knocks the ball up the way a Terrell Farley would, if he, if he causes a fumble like a Levante David would, if he catches an interception, if he gets the big sack against his former teammate, Patterson? I mean, Good at point. the end of the day – at the end of the day, we need a spark. That's something that this that can happen. And any of the things I mentioned or more, get creative. Or, or it could be not a spark. Or it could just be don't fumble the ball. Or don't <laughs> throw it to the other guy. Or don't, on a third and 15, have no spatial awareness of how time and space works. Or when a guy is scooching on the ground forward a little bit, that, that you hit him on the ground. I mean, that could happen. I could use a little less spark, maybe just a little more consistency. <laughs> so, so give me that or a spark or I'll take both and let's see how this goes. But th- 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 there's bright spots, dark spots, all that, you know. Yeah. I'll take a spark, but I'd also take a uh, lack of knucklehead. Hey, you know what? I like y- you threw the F-bomb out and you know what? We're going to bleep it anyways, but we're going to keep it on the show because th- th- that's a spark. Is, we're a little fired I'm up trying right to provide now. a little spark. That's We're good. 0-2, guys. I'm not, I'm not on board for 0-2. I love it. I love it. I have not started a workout regiment to be 0-2. I love it. <laughs> Dave, let's move on to pick them, buddy. Redcast predictions. Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, I don't even want to know what uh, last week resulted in for myself. I hear Mac went 8-2, so that's uh, pretty good stuff. Um but it's been a rough start to the season, but it's all right. Uh, even if you're the, doing the pick of them uh, on the Yahoo site with us, you can uh, delete all these uh, first weeks out. Let's uh, start with our first game of the week, which I believe is a Friday night game. We have uh, the Pirate of Washington State. Mike Leach and the, the Cougs are heading to Los Angeles to take on Southern Cal. Boomer, let's start with you. Um, you like Mike Leach a lot. Uh, do you like him enough to, to pick him over a struggling SC Trojan team? Oh, I think so. USC is just a dumpster fire. Their coach is on the hot seat already, and there'll be a revolt there before too long. They just look terrible, so go with the Pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, Honky? This is my, my last chance to stick with these guys. and I have them winning the, the South, although that's clearly probably not going to happen. But I'll stick with USC at home. All right. Mac? USC's at home. USC is yeah, I'll take USC. by four. I'll take USC. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to take Wazoo here, but I'm going to take the Trojans as well. Uh, all right. Um, let's head down to the south. We got Uga, Bulldogs of Georgia, 14-point favorites over Mizzou. Uh, let's start with Honky. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Ugga there. That's an easy one. Mac? Yeah, I'm going to go with the dogs. Boomer? Georgia. They're a lock of the week. Ah, yeah, took oh, it. I was going to take that. Good good choice. Yeah, yeah I'll take I'll leave Alabama for somebody. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> dang it. I, I, I even forgot that was on the list. Uh, all right. Um, we have Notre Dame doing their kind of pseudo ACC schedule here. Uh, but that's the only reason they would ever go to Wake Forest. And the Fighting Irish are an eight-point favorite. I'll start with Mac. I will go with the Domers in my lock of the week because I don't want to forget. There you go. All right. Boomer? Uh, Let's go Notre Dame. All right. Honky? This is no fun. I'm going to just take Wake Forest because you guys aren't, so Wake. Okay. I'll take Notre Dame. Uh, all right, we got Texas A&M against Alabama at, in Tuscaloosa. Bama's a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. This is an A&M team that lost at Clemson by two points. I'll take Bama. I won't no, do the, you can't do it first. I'm not, I, I was not even going to take it as the lock of the week, man. I, I was, I was not, you know what? I'm taking it as the lock of my week now just because you called me out. I wasn't even going to do so that. That is so Dave. That is the Davis of Dave moves. You just daved, man. Oh, man. Well, here, this is the random, oh, Bama. I guess I'll go first on this one. With, with the lock of the week, I'm going to take Bama over Austin P. Come on. People wonder why I take Colorado State to beat Florida. <laughs> uh, you, All right, uh, would fine, you like Dave. to go next? Dave, go out on a limb and uh, yeah, I'll take Bama. I'll take Bama too, but I guess I don't get the lock for it. So wait a minute, where's the game being played? <laughs> I think would you like the altitude of Tuscaloosa? What, what time's kickoff? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm Bama. I'm sorry, Bama. <laughs> All right, Boomer's taking Bama as well, I presume. Yeah, I think uh, they just scored against Old Miss again, so it's probably <laughs> safe to you know take Bama in this one too. So. Probably fair. Uh, all right, how about uh, TCU going to Austin to take on Texas? I will go first again, Honky, but I won't use it as my lock of the week. Because, <laughs> well, you've already used yours. Right, so. I wasn't going to, but you, since you called me out, I'm just I'm taking Bama as the lock just to spite you. Um, That's fine. TC is actually favored by three. Uh, I'm just going to go on a limb here and say Texas at home somehow wins Ooh. this. Boomer. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go TCU, although they might have a hangover coming off that Ohio State loss. So well, there's Christians. I doubt they're. Yeah, well, much, true. But, well, you're thinking uh, Baylor, Dave. They're, oh, yeah, good they point. avoid that. Yeah. Honky, you're probably taking the Horn Frogs, right? I am taking the Horn Frogs, and I'm Christian, and I, I drink. Um, but uh, I thought that the pace that they played at with Ohio State was amazing. That I, I tweeted this out, I think, during the game, that if if the Husker players are watching that game, that that's the speed that Frost wants to see us at in a year or two, how both of those teams went at each other. I was really impressed. I walked away from that, that game more impressed with TCU than I, than I did you know going into it, and that – that, of course, is the team that I have winning the Big 12 anyway. So, TCU, long story. Well, the Husker game made it impossible for me to watch other football games, so I don't know. But um, I will go with the Horn Frogs because I like Texas pain. Yeah. All right. All right, we've got uh, Florida heading to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. I think this is one of these, or the third Saturday in September is the nickname for this one, I believe. Uh Boomer, let's start this off. Gators, Volunteers, who do you got? Uh, this game just sounds awful on paper. Uh, let's go Florida. All right. Mac. Tennessee. And All right. My, I'm, I'm, I'm going Tennessee. And in your crazy Mac pick I of the week. I just feel like Tennessee could be the lock of the week. But it's your, not. Your secondary lock of my the week? My secondary lock of the week. Oh, wait, my dark horse of the week. Dark there horse we of the week. There you go. All right, hockey. Uh, I'll go with Florida. I also go Kentucky with Florida. Game. So Max out on a limb with that one. But All right, we got a Big Ten action here. Michigan State, Sparty going to Indiana. Uh, hockey. Going with the Hoosiers at home. Wow. 
Nice. Hoosiers are playing better. Mac? I'm going to go with a winning team and pick the Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the honky's horrendous pick of the week. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a lot better about that Florida hey, game, guys. <laughs> it's only four and a half point spread. I'll take Sparty as well, but we'll find out. Boomer? Uh, I want to take Indiana, but until they actually win one of these big games, I can't trust them, so let's go Sparty. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's go out west. Stanford, Oregon. This is a really good matchup, mm-hmm. an important matchup for the Pac-12 North. Uh, Hockey, who do you have? I have Oregon. Wow, he would have never said that before Frost. Ever. <laughs> Mac, who do you got? I'm going to go with Stanford. All right, Boomer. Stanford. I'm, I'm torn on this one. I'm going to go with Stanford, but boy. I'm very tempted to go with Oregon. I don't. I think this could be a really good game. All right, um, kind of one of the games of the week, at least for Honky and myself, as we'll be watching this with Iowa Sean here in Denver. Uh, Wisconsin goes to Iowa City. Whiskey is still a three and a half point favorite. I think the line opened at six. I, if Boomer, you could correct me on that. It's down to three and a half. Uh, so a lot of action on Iowa here, and I could see why Iowa was very good at home especially against ranked teams, and Whiskey is coming off a loss. Uh, Hockey, you want to start this? I'm going to go with my lock of the week. I'm going with Iowa at home, Kinnick Stadium. Uh, they started running some uh, against Northern Iowa. I, was, I mentioned they did some uh, tempo. Uh, their defense was playing strong. Noah Fant just caught the, the record number of tight end touchdowns in Iowa history. Oh, wow. He caught his 14th, I think I saw. Um, yeah, I'm going in Iowa. game? There. <laughs> not, not in one game. It's terribly high. That is, well, it was Northern what Iowa. What was the record? <laughs> uh, Mac, who do you have? I am going to go with the Hawkeyes as well. Uh, the Hawkeyes convinced me about the Kinnick Stadium magic. I feel like I feel like Wisconsin's got a lot to prove, and Iowa's just one of those teams that's just mean enough to screw up a whole schedule. You well, know? before I second-guess myself in our preseason predictions, I had Iowa winning the West and then said Nebraska, which I still I still stand by. Yeah, but No uh, one knows but, what you meant by that. It's all over the place. I know. <laughs> well, if you, you hedge your bets. You, you, you hedge bets. You pick enough things, and eventually you'll be right with something. All right, except for, except for Colorado State. And your nose. Yeah, there were a few lines that opened at plus six on that one, Dave. So, yeah, there has been a yeah. lot of movement. God, whiskeys just look so sluggish to start the year, and Iowa's spunky. I, spunky. As distasteful as it is, I'm just going to have to go with sluggish Iowa. Sluggish like so. a wet sponge? Yep. Uh, what are you taking, Boomer? Yeah, let's go Iowa. I hate saying Iowa. that. Ugh. So, That's three wow. Iowa. I find it so uh, vulgar. I just, Dave, uh, this is a gift wrapped up. I'm going to go ahead and take Wisconsin. Yay! Dave Dave did something different. (laughs) You know, Honky, before we started doing this show, and I would do you every week, I would would do every pick before anyone else, and I always won. Well, there's no documented proof of this, Dave, so all we have is the audio here. No, there is, actually. There's a full evil chain. I can't overstate. I don't care. <laughs> the tension is both real and imaginary. <laughs> All right. So we have Nebraska at Michigan. Wolverines are an 18-point favorite. Uh, Honky, since you don't care, uh, who are you picking here? I am picking the Huskers to fix the issues that we've been having. <laughs> okay. Uh, the turnovers, the the the... Penalties, special teams, third down defense. I think we're going to get that stuff straightened out. Martinez is going to play. Uh, this is a game we absolutely need to win, and we're going to win Nebraska 3, Michigan 2. All right. Tight, low-scoring game. Uh, Mac, who do you have? I have a lot of regrets, Dave. <laughs> I have a lot of regrets. I regret the fact that we didn't get to play Akron. And, yeah, and, and and correct those mistakes, and uh, I regret for, for that, that, worth, lo- that co- for what it's worth, Northwestern regrets having to play Akron. Yeah, so. and Continue. I regret that, that those those mistakes didn't lead to a Colorado victory, and then obviously a victory against Troy. So I, I don't know, man. I I'm gonna go ahead and pick Michigan because I, we got we got a, we got a ways to go. If I, if we lose or if we win, and I'm wrong, super happy. But man, we've got so much to correct. I'm gonna go with Michigan. Probably jump out early. We like to spot teams about 21 
Let's see, we tend to fumble a lot of times. So. <laughs> um, 14 points. 38-14. No, I, no 21, 21, 21. 21, all right, 31. 38-21. Boomer. Because White Missouri scored a touchdown, no one saw coming. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, there's just so many question marks we have here going into week three. You know, we don't even know who's starting a quarterback. You know, who's is Martinez going to be rusty? Where is he going to be at? You know, it's hard to be rusty, I guess, after three weeks, but... Rusty. When, you only have one, when you only have one game under your belt, it's hard to hard to know in what two to expect years. from him. Yeah, in a couple yeah. of years. And Michigan's a salty defense. You know, they're sluggish to start, too, like a wet sponge again. But <laughs> I think it's asking a lot of this team, you know, with a lot of pressure on them to come in there and you know, kind of play a high-quality game we haven't seen from them yet. I'm going to take Michigan. I think Nebraska can cover the spread. So I go with that, I guess, for entertainment purposes only. So let's go uh, Michigan 30, Nebraska 18. Yeah. All right, that's fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Um, I think that 30 is about right for Michigan. Uh, Honky said we don't want to get in a a, uh, a high-scoring game, and I just don't think we're going to get more than 30. Do it. do it, Dave, do it, Dave. Come on, do it. No, do I'm it. not going to do this. Do it. Uh, because I, I want to be happy that we, we win the game and not, not – uh, think about uh, whether we won or lost a red cast pick them, right, Hunk? Uh, yeah. I'll take Michigan 30, Nebraska 28. I call for a close Ooh. one. Ooh. You guys are all terrible fans. And a kicking game oh. would have been important there, Dave. So that That's pick, right. You know, That's yeah. right. We probably missed a field goal at some point that could have won the game. All right, guys. All right. Uh, let's get, to, uh, get out of here with some parting shots. Let's start with Honky. Uh, well, uh, last week, Boomer... I thank Dan Swoboda, our, our awesome graphic designer, and, and he does amazing We all artwork. thank Dan. Yeah, amazing artwork. And the, the Redcast really is a family affair. Um, I want to thank producer Skip. He created some awesome uh, parody commercials for us last week. I want to thank Katie, who is Dan's sister, who is Dave's wife. She has been starting up our Instagram page, and that's been awesome. And, again, th- this entire Redcast thing is, is about the family, so I like that. Also, I want to mention, <laughs> I want to mention that um, if you like us, and, and a bunch of you have been emailing us, and that's awesome, but, but we need your approval, people. And what we need you I to do is need your approval. we need you to like us and give us a positive review on iTunes. Please, if you do that, that would be really appreciative. And the last thing that I want to mention here, and this has something to do with just kind of like the, just the general mood, is that – I went with McGuire and, well, actually all four of us. We went to the, Ohio, uh, the Oklahoma game in 2008, and we got down 35 to nothing, I think, by the end of the first quarter. In fact, uh, Boomer's brother went to get popcorn, came back, and we were down 21 nothing before he even started watching the game. And before I get all upset, and I always try to come up with the math, like how can we come back and do all this, I, I turn over to Mac, and Mac has his head in his hands, and, and I go, Mac, what, can we come back? Can we win this game? He just looks at me and he goes, no. <laughs> and, and it made me, it relaxed me. Like, I, all of a sudden, math was out of the equation. No pun intended. I didn't need to do any more of that, and I could just sit back and enjoy. I feel like we need a no moment right now on the season. If you're getting too worked up that we're, we're not going to make it to a playoff, just sit back, enjoy the ride, enjoy the games, watch them. If we win 3-2 to two this weekend, awesome. If we don't, let's just keep improving. Go Big Red. All right. Thanks, Hawk, for that that that, uh, that boost of energy there. Uh, Thank you. Mac. Yeah. I'm actually just going to piggyback on what my partner just said over here. I Listen, football season is entirely too short, and we haven't waited – so long for this to happen. Let's stop wishing it away and hoping the next thing happens and we've got to protect such and such from a big hit. Forget it, man. Let's play some ball. Let's go out there and sling the rock around, run as hard as we can, tackle like our hair's on fire, and, and just play some football, man. Let's, let's Michigan be, isn't great. Let's beat the, the big poop, house. Poop out of them. Poop. The big the house isn't scary. Come uh, on, man. There, things can happen. Don't be worried. Listen. I like it. It's all going to get better. It's, Mike Riley's not here anymore. It's not a special day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Boomer, how can you top that? I'm not sure if I can. Uh, I just kind of want to just uh, remind our Redcast, our Redcast listeners that uh, kind of keep an eye on Akron again this week. Um, 
you know, we saw how they're just dirty, dirty check cashers with us trying to get away with money. And then uh, as Matt Brown with The Athletic noticed, uh, the last time they beat a Big Ten team after beating Northwestern this week, when they beat Ohio State back in 1894, they were awarded 10 footballs for their troubles. So I just want to give a little shout-out to our friends at Iowa State. They may want to check the locker room before uh, Akron gets on the bus. You have no idea what they're going to try to take off with there. So. <laughs> Those Maybe Mr. Chip's head. Yeah, they, they could have it, yeah. Or cytocyclone maybe might be more appropriate. But uh, All right, guys, great show. Had a lot of fun, even with uh, a, a disappointing loss. Uh, maybe next week we're talking about a victory, right? All right, guys. Lord knows. Let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Redcast. Come on, Iowa, Sean. Go Big Redcast.